Other speakers have talked about the fact that the pharmaceutical industry is actually funding our government agencies, particularly the FDA, the CDC, and the NIH. And we have seen that certain powerful heads of those agencies are in charge of dispersing that money uh, and they're dispersing some of those that pharmaceutical money to gain a function research. And I'm concerned that the pharmaceutical industry, that that pattern of the pharmaceutical industry funding things, uh, it might be spilling over to the um, uh, USDA. So can you talk about whether the pharmaceutical uh, funding that's going to gain a function research might be infiltrating the USDA. Is the USDA also taking funding from uh, the pharmaceutical companies? Are the pharmaceutical companies trying to infiltrate big food and should be worried about, would be worried about uh, lobbyists and the USDA? That's a lot to unpack, Evelyn. I'm gonna make a note because there's about five things in there. There's gain of function, there's regulatory capture, there's uh, USDA on their research, and probably some more, which I didn't uh, get down. So first of all, it's not just the money that goes going to the FDA that corrupts it. Um, there's the political appointees put at the top um, are in charge, and they follow a political agenda, not a scientific one. So when the first Bush administration wanted to fast track GMOs, they told the FDA, promote GMOs, find a way to get it out there quickly with no regulation. And so the FDA created a position, deputy director of, of policy for Michael Taylor, who was Monsanto's attorney, outside attorney. And he had worked with Monsanto and a group of biotech companies before that, to create a government framework where it was designed to get GMOs on the market with as little government oversight as possible. So when he was in charge of policy at the FDA, that's when the GMO policy was created. And he said in his policy, which he wrote, uh, that the agency is not aware of any information showing that GMOs are different from other regular foods in any meaningful way. Therefore, no labeling is necessary. No safety testing is necessary. In fact, companies like Monsanto don't even have to tell the FDA if they want to put it on the market. After releasing that in 1992, Michael Taylor became Monsanto's vice president. And then later, under Obama, he got back to the FDA as the US food czar. Now, when, the doc, when documents were made public from a lawsuit in 1998, six years after that policy was put into play, we realized it was entirely a fraud. The agency was aware that GMOs were different and dangerous. It was the overwhelming consensus among the scientists at the FDA. And they had urged their superiors to require long-term studies. But 
they were ignored by the person in charge who denied the existence of those concerns. Similarly, the EPA, which evaluates and approved Roundup or glyphosate, the recent trial, the Roundup trial, showed how Monsanto had their own lapdogs in the EPA. Jess Rowland, for example, who was in charge of the EPA committee that determined that glyphosate doesn't cause cancer. Well, the World Health Organization determined that it probably does. And they used peer-reviewed published studies. And they used not only studies of glyphosate, but the full formulation. Jess Rowland limited his committee's review to almost exclusively Monsanto studies. And Monsanto rigs their research. How do they rig their research? I have evaluated that for years with scientists, capturing, ca ca catching them red-handed. And I knew so many of the ways that Monsanto rigged research, but a new one came out during the trial. When they wanted to show that a certain amount of, of Roundup was absorbed into human skin less than what was needed. They first took a human cadaver, cut the skin away, added Roundup, and found too much of it was absorbed, over three times the allowable level. So they took new human skin and baked it in an oven, then froze it. So then they applied Roundup to this leather-like, baked and frozen human skin. Hardly any Roundup was absorbed. They reported those figures to the EPA and not the figures on a normal cadaver skin. And this is typical Monsanto style. So we cannot trust Monsanto research. Now, getting to gain of function. A lot of the sources of gain of function money are Department of Defense. Um, when the Cold War expenditures went down, they could shift some of their expenditures to gain of function. And some of that gets dispersed through um, Anthony Fauci's organization in, within the NIH. There was, when the H5N1 avian flu was engineered to be airborne by two separate laboratories, it created a, an alarm among scientists around the world who were shocked, describing it as crazy, insane, stupid because they knew that ferrets, which are stand-ins for humans in gain-of-function research, they could catch this pandemic disease now through the air. And what if it escaped? What if humans could also catch it through the air? The death rate was 52%. An earlier view looked at it 60%, but let's just say 52%. That could be devastating to the human population. Why create these in labs where a single accident could be a disaster? So in 2016, 2014, the Obama administration put a partial ban, but they had some loopholes. So money was still able to fund it, even though there was a ban on gain of function in the United States. That was overturned in 2017 under the Trump administration. So now there's a small handful of scientists in a very obscure but serious area of science 
that could destroy it for all of us. And whether the money is going from the pharmaceutical industry or more of it for likely from the Department of Defense for so-called dual function research, we want that banned completely. I don't know if the USDA is doing any gain of function research. I haven't heard of any. I'm not an expert at it. So I'll leave that to you to find out if it's important. There's something going on right now, and that's a, an approval by the EPA to release two and a half billion mosquitoes in Florida and California. So um, I remember um, arguing with one of the scientists at the company that makes these mosquitoes, Oxitec, back in 2014. And I told him he was, he could be damaging the very gene pool forever. And you see these mosquitoes are designed to reduce the population. And he, con he considered them self-eliminating because they would give birth to sterile offspring. And he said, there's no way. He said, if you release them, if we stop releasing them by the millions, they'll just go away. Well, a team of scientists went down and collected samples of mosquitoes in the natural population in Brazil, three years after Oxitec released millions of mosquitoes. And they found in 60% of their samples, there were hybrid mosquitoes that had genetic information from the local mosquitoes combined with Oxitex mosquitoes. And they were now a permanent part of the gene pool. And we don't know if those mosquitoes are more likely to be carrying disease or harder to kill. So they, he was completely wrong, but completely confident in his misinformation. I also asked him, his name is Derek Nemo. I said, Eric, Derek, have you tested the saliva from the female mosquitoes you're creating? They're biting humans because they mostly release male mosquitoes, but ultimately millions of female mosquitoes got through their system. And he said, we're just now testing to see if the protein produced by the inserted gene is found in the saliva. And I'm thinking, he's already released millions of mosquitoes in four countries, exposing the population to these mosquitoes, and he's never tested the saliva. And now he's doing the wrong test. So I said to him, Derek, the process of genetic engineering can lead to massive collateral damage. It can cause changes in gene expression. I told him about a cystic fibrosis study where they took a cell, human cell, inserted a gene, and were shocked to find up to 5% of the, all of the genes that were active changed their levels of expression, producing more proteins or less proteins, turning on or shutting off. I said to him, shouldn't you be testing the full composition of the saliva and not just for one particular protein? I'll never forget his response. He said, good idea. Well, to this day, they've never published compositional uh, research of the saliva that ends up inside human bloodstream from their genetically engineered mosquitoes. They have a 2.0, supposedly, of mosquitoes that are supposedly work better, but the, the research does not support their allegations, and it could be a disaster. They want to release it in 12 California counties and expand their start in the Keys, which started uh, last year or the year before, and introduce far more 
before even releasing the data of their results in the Keys. When we funded a Freedom of Information Act request into the Cayman Islands to find out what had happened from their trial there, they had claimed that the trial was a success and were asking the government to roll out the mosquitoes island-wide, but we caught them lying because in the Freedom of Information Act requests, it turns out they had failed. It was a complete failure. So when that became public, they quietly left the island and dismantled their their operation there. So they're, they're, we've been caught red-handed lying about many things, and yet the EPA just went ahead and approved genetically engineered mosquitoes for our gene pool. Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with. Or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.